We are the tide from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. For the Vandals of Idaho. Welcome back, Tribe from the North Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast. You're Idaho Vandals and your Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Hammond, and I'm joined by quite the esteemed panel today. Let's start off with producer Hammer Down, Dallas Hammer, running the show from the shadows. Dallas, how are you? Uh... I'm good, I think. Good. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm good. Quite, wow. What an electric start to the to the episode. <laughs> uh, and we're also joined by the professor, Brian Marceau. Brian, how are you? I, I'm not going to be able to touch that energy, but uh, at least in Coeur d'Alene, we're doing okay. <laughs> and you, man, it feels like a low-energy podcast so far. Yeah. I might re- re- redo these right now. Uh, <laughs> Alex, the boat boatman, best of all time. How are you this evening? I'm fantastic, Chris, because if you saw this weekend, it was the FA Cup, and uh, Bruno Fernandez just made my whole weekend. So, uh, No, I only watch relevant teams. So, so I you, guys play, you guys play Y Cup Wonders? Is that, is that what it was? Yeah. Like, yeah. Division said? yeah. For Four one, we beat the Pelicans or whatever the heck bird they are. Wow, speaking, speaking of somebody joining us who reps a school or team that uses a bird as a mascot, you know him best as probably Kyler Neal, the all-knowing. But he also is the host of the Eagles Power Hour and an admin and host of the SCS Fans Nation podcast, Kyler Neal, and he is bringing friends with them. Kyler, how are you? I'm good, man. Um, what's my friends? What am I bringing? You got Patrick's in the comments, Jamie Robinson's in the comments. You got all these people. I know. We need to bring you on more. This is the most live participation we've had in the first 30 seconds where somebody starts the show with, I'm all right. Well, hey, I'm glad (laughs) I can, you know, help you out. And I just got to show you, I'm a vandal today. There you go. Only for the show. Screw this. I'm taking this off right after. You you and Dallas match today. How cute. Yeah, we do. I'm playing that. Uh, I, I got my red turf repping on. That's the Eagles Power Hour. Um, and they've got an awesome show. If you've never seen it, check it out. But obviously, we're on our show today. And our show is brought to you, as always, by Montucky Cold Snacks. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky Cold Snack, an ultra refreshing light beer born in majestic big sky country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho. Sporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the Latin American Lager for Pow Pow Rippers, Gator Wranglers, Pony Riders, and Badass Do-Gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get your ass some snacks. Boys, uh, I guess let's just get right into it. Some of you probably already listened to Big Sky Big Takes. If you didn't, we're going to give more of a Vandal-centric uh, you know, take on what, what happened with Jeff Choate and the Big Sky and the schedule release. And we'll try to get through this a little quick, and then we'll do what we promised you with the title of this episode is and preview the FCS. That's why we got Kyler on. Not only is he Big Sky, so he can comment on all these, but he is one of the biggest brains not named Sam Herter in the FCS. We figured who better to have on 
Ooh. 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 Let's start with you. You weren't on Big Sky Big Takes. What's going to no, be man. perspective out of the way first? Jeff Choate out at Montana State for D, you know, inside linebackers and co-defensive coordinator of the University of Hook'em Horns. I mean, let, let's just be honest. We all know the FCS is, unfortunately, it's a stepping stool. It, it is what it is. Our schools, they are made for another coach to come in, prove themselves, get to another bigger, big, you know, gig, and then they prove themselves, get hopefully to that P5 level as a head coach. And you know what? What is he? Uh, Co-DC? So sure, he's as the linebackers coach or whatever you want to call him, but he's going to be the co-defensive coordinator. He got a fat raise. I mean, it is what it is. It's unfortunate to see because he's been building Montana State up. You know, the last couple of years, every single year, they keep improving. They keep improving. They're one quarterback away from really being a true contender, in my opinion. And unfortunately, it just happens with every single FCS school. The, the coaches will eventually leave. Um, good news is I think he's built the program up enough to where – Whoever steps in there has a solid squad, and you know they shouldn't have too much of a fallback. Yeah, uh, Brian, what, what's kind of your take on the whole Jeff Choate out at Montana State? Slightly disappointing news for the Big Sky. I, I don't think it's ultimately going to be a big deal because you know Kyler's right about the fact that if you are a coach climbing the ladder, you won't stay at the FCS for that long. That's just not news. Unless you're Bobby Howe, can you make a return trip? Unless you're Bo Baldwin, you make a return trip. Those return trips are, of course, not what you'd call planned, but they do happen. And when they do happen, and when we get a guy like Bo Baldwin back, hey, we're fine. If you know Jeff Choate's back in the FCS in the future, you know it didn't work out the way he wanted it to. But again, we won't mind if he's back. We like talent here. I think this was partially inevitable because after when Jeff Choate didn't get the BSU job. He had about every advantage you could possibly have other than being an FCS coach. He was apparently the guy that Chris Peterson wanted. He had success in the BSU family, quote unquote family. He had success at multiple schools as a coordinator positions coach under BSU guys. I'm counting at University of Washington as well. And he still wasn't able to get the BSU job. He lost out to a guy with a power five coordinator background. So Jeff Choate's trying to get the power five coordinator background the big thing for me, I, I guess, is for Big Sky purposes, which is really what I care about now. I was, I'm glad Jeff Choate was here, but now that he's gone, that's, this podcast isn't about Power Five, so I don't really care. Kane Ione is leaving Boise State. Is leaving for Boise State. He was the Montana defensive coordinator the last two years, or he was part. He he did some defensive work when Ty Gregorak was there as well, but then last year he was full time. He left to be the defensive coordinator at Boise State. So there's a lot of turnover at Montana State over just this last weekend. So the question for me is, who is going, who are we going to see as the next head coach? I don't even know what kind of tree we're going to look at because Montana State, to their benefit, they've had a lot of turnover at the coordinator positions, which is positive when you're FCS. It means you're doing well and people are, are taking your guys to work in better programs. Their most One of their most recent offensive coordinators, Matt Miller, is offensive coordinator at Boise State now. So real question for me is how is – I bet Montana State wants to keep continuity coaching-wise, but I, I don't know if they can because of, again, good news, the turnover they've had in their supporting positions. Uh, Alex, wrap this up in a nice tight bow. If anyone wants yeah. more, we got Big Sky Big Takes. Yeah. Right. What was your take on Jeff Choate? Yeah, um, you know, like – 
I think you see that where FCS coaches, if they want to get to the FBS, the best they can hope for is like a mid-level Mac school or a mid to lower level Mountain West school. Look at Craig Bull, all the success he had. North Dakota State, he's landed at Wyoming, and he's kind of stuck there. So if if Cho wants to leave, good for him. I think it just kind of depends on what each coach is after. But now um, you're Montana State. You're happy this happened January you know, 20th rather than like February 20th. Um people don't realize that coaching tree, that coaching circle, coaching carousel moves fast. And also benefit of Montana State is they're not playing this spring. That's what well, I'm sure we're going to get into that here in a minute. But Montana State and Montana opted out. So now, except they might play a game or two. I think that's kind of up in the air. They might end up playing Montana now in conference. Who knows? Might be more clarity on that. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're lucky that, that it happened now. Where they go from here, who who knows? Um, and I think the first thing that everyone is saying is, is it has to be someone within the family. And I think that's kind of what, what gets lost. I think at the group of five and the FCS levels, everyone always assumes that the guy who comes in the head job has to have some sort of connection to the school prior, you know, and I don't know if that's always should be the, 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 the best hire because there's probably guys out there who might be more qualified than coach Montana state yet that they could get versus, you know, you limit yourself to a pool. So don't know where they're going to go, um, but as a Vandal fan, I'm happy Choate's gone just because he made Montana State a power in the conference, and I don't have to see that anymore um, every couple of years. So, yeah. Yeah, Jeff Jeff Choate out of Montana State, if you want more, uh, check out the R&R CatCast. They had a whole episode on it with sound bites from the Farewell Press Conference, and you can also listen to Big Sky Big Takes syndicated throughout the Big Sky Podcast Network. Uh, to really finish up the Big Sky before we deep dive back into the FCS, uh, you know, they announced our schedule. So that is FCS related because before this, we didn't know is Weber state going to get stuck playing Eastern five times, you know? So how it, it has a little bit of an impact on how the FCS is going to shape out, how many bids the big sky might be able to get into it and how many that leaves open for everybody else as they go around. Um, especially with the added AQ this year from the MIAC. So, Big Sky, you've got February 27th. We're keeping it Idaho-related just for all of our Idaho listeners, even though we have a little bit broader uh, audience today, so we'll keep it quick for you guys. February 27th against Eastern Washington. That's why we got Mr. Kyler Neal on today. We've got March 6th uh, at UC Davis – or, sorry, at home against UC Davis. On March 13th, you have at NAU. Uh, March 27th, your SUU, final home game of the year. April 3rd, at Idaho State. And April 10th, you wrap it up again in Cheney, Washington, hopefully under some sunshine on the Inferno. Um, Idaho out of it, Kyler, real quick, because we'll do a deep dive for all of our listeners more when we get to our Big Sky preview here in two weeks. But, Kyler, what's kind of your initial takeaway on the schedule and uh, how you think it might? as we transition into how it will impact the FCS as a whole. Oh man, this spring is going to be really difficult. It, it sucks for one that the big guys only playing six games. Um, that's going to really hurt kind of postseason chances and opportunities from when I looked at the schedules, it looks like, you know, two of the top tier teams are gone. Montana, Montana state, they're gone. To me, it looks like the big sky conference. They really tried to help Eastern Washington and Weber state to somehow get two big sky teams into the playoffs by, you know, weakening, not weakening our schedules, but avoiding each other. Cause you know, those are typically out of the last couple of years, they've been at the top of the big sky. So I think, you know, the only hope with a six game schedule and a lot of this easy, easy schedule, since the Montana teams are gone, 
Um, you probably really need to go six and zero if you want a chance at the playoffs. I don't. I don't think a five and one is going to do it when a lot of other conferences are playing eight plus games. Um, but I mean, for all the changes that have happened in the last couple of weeks, this is probably the best thing we could have asked for. I like how they actually, you know, got the rivals or the regional rivals to play each other twice, home and away. I think that's a pretty cool aspect. I would have rather played Weber, you know, than some of the other teams. But I mean, give me Idaho twice. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, it would have been nice to see maybe Eastern Washington versus Weber, but you I mean you nailed it. The goal for the big sky is with the cut down on AQs, or sorry, added AQs, cut down on out the larges. Obviously, they're not they're not gonna admit it, but they want Eastern and Weber six and zero not playing each other. So you have two teams going in, which increases your odds to make it to the championship this year with eight teams less in it. Now, with that. Let's just get the big question out of the way. We're going FCS landscape here. Is this season legitimate? Who are you Tyler? asking? I guess you. Let's <laughs> start with you and we'll work our um, way around. Is it legitimate? Yeah, I mean, the good thing is, you know, North Dakota State didn't leave. Uh, James Madison didn't leave. The only two really playoff caliber teams that left right now are, are really the Montana schools. So is this season legitimate? Yes, everyone has some weird things that they have to work on. It's going to be a weird, crazy season. Um, you know, teams can fall off. COVID could happen. There could be cancellations. You know, who something could happen that could, you know, ruin some of the team's chances at the postseason. But, I mean, every single aspect of this team is dealing with some type of adversity. It's a legit season. It's just a weird season. I mean, that, that's the best I can say. It's just a weird season that probably anything can happen. Alex? Yeah, is North Dakota State playing? Because they've tied the division. So as long as they're playing, um, I guess it's just less, a couple less games they have to play on their on their march to what is it eight out of nine. So I'm just gonna go right there and just make that prediction because there's no point otherwise. I mean, I have no, until they, until someone <laughs> proves otherwise that that, that that happens. Yeah, it's legit. So it's just condensed. Um, you know. I, the AQ spot should be different or not different, but it's going to change some things up. And then also how AQs change the next couple of years with the addition of the WAC and the ASUN. So. Yeah, we can, I mean, that's a whole nother episode. Right? <laughs> uh, Mr. Marceau. So I'd say this feels weird because it's football, but if you're a sports fan, you've seen abbreviated seasons in all the major sports. We're not that far removed. Look, I mean, the NBA didn't even have all their teams finish their COVID season. That was that was a legitimate season. We've seen shortened baseball season. We, we've seen NBA seasons shortened because of strikes. It's just different because football has been immune to this over the last couple of decades in a way some of the other sports haven't. But what to me, once you accept that, yeah, of course it's legit. And are the Montana and Montana State fans going to shit on us? Of course. Who cares? And I'm going to add, Kyler, we did lose Sac State. So like three out of four uh, big sky playoff teams from last year aren't playing. Who cares? So, well, I mean, look, we're just talking about competition. Sac State's objectively a pretty good looking team. So if you look at the big sky, it's not, it's obviously not as strong with those teams sitting out, but if your question is legitimate, yeah, it's legitimate. And there are schools that are absolutely taking it seriously. And, and the thing I'm happy about what we have is you know, like all the rumblings out of the Montana schools prior to Montana, the Montana schools dropping out was about, you know, the less likelihood of them playing or rumors about, you know, we're just going to use it strictly developmentally. None of the teams playing have been talking about that. All the teams playing are all in on this. So is it legitimate? Yeah, it's just weird. And you know what? I think we're going to enjoy some of the weirdness, kind of like in basketball right now, we have the back-to-backs. That's not going to come back in a normal year, 
but we, I think we all kind of like it to some degree. I think we're also all going to be happy that we get to see what a home and home football season football series looks like, and then be happy that it doesn't come back the year after. But <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it's legit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my biggest takeaway. I mean, I'm Boatman stole it, but he he nailed it. North Dakota State is playing until somebody beats North Dakota State. It's legitimate. Now, if the Bison opted out, yeah, I, I will ear of the arguments like i will i will listen to anybody that claims it is an illegitimate title if north dakota north dakota state is not playing however north dakota state is playing and they're playing a lot of games if they go to the playoffs and you beat them in the playoffs you still beat north dakota state who is arguably the biggest dynasty in college football history let alone FCS, FBS. What they have done is unprecedented other than what? Mount Union and D3 or something. Uh, it, it's And I think they still beat that. I mean, I don't have it up in front of me. You look at it, uh, Sam Herter, the biggest brain in the FCS, uh, has a running list on Hero Sports. 97 teams are playing, 30 teams have opted out. If you roll through these 30 teams, which I'm just going to do real quick for you guys, um, and, and we'll go down in order, so we'll go – Brian, Kyler, Alex, you just tell me, would they have even been a playoff team? And then we'll see how many were really missing come, you know, a normal six. Uh, we'll do the 16-game playoff that we're having this year. So let's start at the top here. Sac State, were they making the playoffs this year? Nope. They're in the discussion. No, they're, they're no question in the discussion. They Kevin were a top Thompson's 10 out. team. They looked before. really bad without Kevin Thompson. They're done. Uh, Fringe. Could make They got lucky, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, Montana. Yeah, they're a playoff team. Yeah. Yeah, they're up there. Montana State. Oh, yeah. And you got to assume Choke <clears throat> is staying. Oh. Do I you? Mean, let's at least throw that in. I mean, I don't think Choke leaves if they're 30 days from kickoff. I, I think he cares about that program just a little bit more than that. Hey, Chris, how about we just rephrase it this way? No one's entered the transfer portal from Montana state since the announcement. So they still have roster continuity. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So is anybody Montana state playoff team? Yep. Yeah. With choke. Yes. Yeah. Portland state. <laughs> uh, Northern Colorado. All right. Moving no. on. Campbell. No, no Hampton. Nope. No, no North Alabama. Nope. No. They're not even eligible yet, correct? Uh, next so, year. Next year. So, so they yeah. won't, it doesn't matter. Uh, Towson. <laughs> nope. Well, yeah, now the Jay Con- fringe, The CAA is kind of weak. Um, they would be a bubble team for the CAA for sure. Well, Kyler, you're forgetting. No, there's no way. Jake Constantine left. So how could they make the playoffs? <laughs> oh, dude, I don't need his, his mom sneaking into our DMs, man. God, why'd you bring that to us? Um... Any the Ivy League, no reason to even run through them because they don't play in the playoffs anyway. So there's eight out of the way. East Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky, sorry. They haven't been good since like the 80s. <laughs> I guess I have a question real quick. What would have happened with the Ivy League this uh, this spring? Because they technically do get an invite every year. They always just turn it down. They still would have turned it down. That's obviously why they're not even playing. They only do it. They only do it because of finals. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I yeah, guess they'll, really... be playing, they'll be playing in March Madness about the same time. You yeah. So I bet, I... bet my house on that. Uh, oh. Dayton. No. Uh, Marist. Is this the whole Pioneer Conference? <laughs> yeah. Now we're into the Patriot League, Georgetown. Well, the thing about the Patriot League is 
any one of them can win the Patriot League, but there's only going to be one team. So if you have multiple Patriot Leagues, just flick ahead. It's probably going to be Colgate, but any one of them can win the Patriot League. Yeah, and for those of you uh, listening and not watching, uh, Patrick has – sorry if I butcher your name here. Fricks? 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 Whatever. He uh, got us a stat uh, that one Montana State player did enter the portal today. Um, all right, we'll run through these a little bit quicker. Then, then I withdraw my endorsement. They lost one. <laughs> <laughs> that we could name off the top of our head because they are obviously a named player that everybody was aware entered. Uh, Bethune-Cookman. Hmm. Notes? They don't even play the playoff, Chris. So, yeah. Uh, well, the MIAC is playing this year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Forgot. Yeah. yeah. They are MIAC. They're not SWAC. Uh, North Carolina Central. Again, they're one of those teams that can win their conference, but that conference is only getting one bid anyway, so it doesn't matter. You think they're going to be able to beat NCA and T? So, Chris, are bad. we? They're not. Well, I guess NCA and T, but yeah, they're playing. But again, only one person from that conference could end up grabbing a playoff position. So that's all I'm really going at. Okay. I'm saying one person from that conference can get a playoff, but only one. Chris, tell me if I'm wrong. I think we're noticing a pattern. It's a lot of no's. Yeah. Uh, you get to the no. Southland. Maybe there's some changes here. We're skipping. I can't actually skip the Northeastern Conference. I got in trouble for <laughs> actually this very school. Uh, St. Francis, were they a playoff team? St. Francis people got on you? No. Other people got on me about not knowing St. Francis with FCS. How dare you? <laughs> um, Southland, you got Abilene Christian, Central Arkansas, Houston Baptist, and Stephen F. Austin. You would assume Houston Baptist would still have Bailey Zappi. Um, do they make the playoffs? Any of those four? They would have been a fringe with their conference, but that's about it. I mean, so UCA it. is definitely the playoff team from the Southland, mm-hmm. if you said UCA. Yeah. So um, there you go. I mean, we, we what, two yeses and three fringes, maybe. Uh, I think we're even being extra generous on the fringes. So the, the playoffs did not lose anybody. You still have JMU. You still have South Dakota. You still have North Dakota. Obviously, the states, not the, the U's. Um, <laughs> you still have Eastern. You still have Weber. You still have Jacksonville um, State. We'll stay who have a good run. Although I know Kyler is probably going to be down on them, but we'll see here in a little bit. Yeah. But there are the contenders that are still there, which leads us to our next point. Who are the contenders? And let's go straight before we even get in the playoffs. Like, let's just straight up. No, no, we'll go playoff contenders, narrow it down to final eight, and then go to our championship picks. Who is going to be lucky to get in? who is going to make a good, a decent run, and who are the actual dust settles, Frisco, May. We're watching these two teams run out of the tunnel at Toyota Stadium underneath the Soccer Hall of Fame. Is this me again? Yeah. We're just going to start um, with you. I mean, are we going by a conference? Are we just going by who's what? Yeah, no, totally. Who do you think is going to win a conference? Or if you just think it's uh, what, you know, Obviously, if you think someone's going to get at large, but yeah, don't hit us with like, well, obviously whoever wins the Patriot is going to go because right. Yeah, of course. But who's going to win the Patriot. Okay. Well, let me just pull up everyone to make sure I don't, you know, forget someone and pull a Chris and forget, you know, that St. Francis is an FCS team or something like that. You know, (laughs) I don't want to be that kind of a dick. Um, All right. So we'll just go, you know, we'll start with the big South. I think it's Kennesaw states to lose, you know, Sure, they've only built a football program in the last five years, but every single year since they were playoff eligible, 
They have been in the playoffs. They are a quarterfinal type of team. I don't see anything more than that, but they should be the Big South champs. Okay. Now we're going to the Big Sky. We're just going to keep on going down the list. I mean, you would like me to say Weber, or you'd like me to say Eastern Washington, but I'm going to say this is Weber's to lose. Uh, they have the easiest schedule. They've won the last three in a row. Weber State should be the Big Sky champs. You know, we could see a dual champ like we normally do in the Big Sky, but it should be Weber's to lose. Um, CAA, James Madison's, it's it's theirs to lose, right? They are going to win that conference. The CAA has been down, but Villanova, they should be a playoff caliber team. They should be, you know, grabbing on JMU's doorsteps. They are loaded where JMU did lose some talent. They lost their quarterback. They lost a couple playmakers. Um, the MEAC, it's going to be NCAA and D. Now, I don't know. South Carolina State, they actually looked pretty good last year. Um you know, Florida A&M, I think they're actually still on a ban or else I'd probably p- pick Florida A&M because they actually, you know, beat up NCANT last year. Um, but I think it's NCAT's to lose. Of course, Missouri Valley, you're, you're going to have four to five playoff caliber teams from there. But if we're just talking about who's going to win the conference, North Dakota State until they don't win it. Um, again, they are playing. So this is a legitimate season, like everyone's saying, but there's a legit five playoff caliber teams. And it's unfortunate because there's only five at large bids from the Missouri, you know, from the whole FCS, um, portfolio, the Northeast, who cares? Um, Duquesne, I don't know. I I care. (laughs) All right. You know what? It's St. Francis, baby. No, uh, probably, probably Duquesne or central Connecticut. You know, they are kind of the top contenders every single year. I don't think anything's going to change. I don't think we're going to see the Sharks, you know, the whatever um, LIU post Sharks or whatever they are. Ohio Valley, Jacksonville State, they actually played a full out-of-conference season. They have an FBS win, even though it's a horrible FBS team. They're like as good as UTEP, but they have still played. They're in a rhythm. They're bringing back a lot of talent. They should be the Ohio Valley champs. Patriot League, I'm going to go with Colgate. Colgate or Fordham just because it's probably going to be one of them. Holy Cross looks good. Lafayette looks okay sometimes. Any one of those teams can win. Um, it's a Patriot. It seems like every other year, someone else that you don't even think of ends up winning that conference. But if I had to bet, I'd bet Colgate because it's a safe bet. Pioneer League, San Diego, very safe bet. I don't even think they've lost a conference game in like five years. Very safe bet if you're thinking what about What if San Diego doesn't play? Just give, give a pick on that then because yeah, you know so what California if San Diego doesn't play Dayton returns a lot. I would anticipate Dayton would be the next contender. Um, Did they opt out? Did we asked we talked about that earlier. Dayton, yeah, Dayton has yeah. not. Neither San okay. Diego. So or, we'll see. Yeah. Just I would, uh, or, yeah. Just uh Dayton and Maris did opt out. Okay. okay. So if it's not San Diego, it's not Dayton. You know, you could probably be looking at Davidson. Um they've had some semi-talented football teams but no matter if san diego's not coming the pioneer league has no shot at getting a playoff win um that's kind of the only hope uh, having san diego in there um the socon man the socon's been up and down they seem to be on the decline i i think wofford is a safe bet in terms of you know they've been in the playoffs it seems like in three of the last four years they've been quarterfinal type teams Furman has had really good classes samford's had really good classes I would probably bet on Furman, but you can't count out Wofford. Um, Wofford Terriers, they seem to always come through and win the SoCon. And then the Southland, I mean, their best team the last couple of years, they've opted out with Central Arkansas. I think Sam Houston is going to 
kind of run amok. It's their last year in there. They used to be the Southland powerhouse. I think they're going to really want to prove themselves that, hey, we are still a good football team. I went to one of their games last year when they played, I think it was Nichols. Um, they were playing the third string wide receiver as a quarterback because they had so many injuries. They were a, you know, they actually had a good defense last year. They held Nichols to, I think, zero points. They had like three shutouts on the year. I think Sam Houston, if they find a quarterback who's going to be healthy the whole season, I think they're going to probably win the Southland since Central Arkansas is out. And then the SWAC, they're not even participating. Yeah. Is that at least good for conference champs? Yep, yeah. And then let's, we'll all run through our, our conference champs. Then we'll kind of say who the good deep teams are, and then we'll pick our championship. So, uh, Alex, let's roll with you. Who are your champs and just teams who might get AQ or uh, at-larges out of the conferences? Yeah, start at the top with the Big Sky. Uh, Weber's going to win the conference. Um, looking at the schedule, uh, I think Eastern, and then potentially if Idaho and Eastern split, both teams have a shot to – Make the playoff. Just depends on what happens in those two games. Um, going to the Big South, Kennesaw State. I don't know how, how's Monmouth supposed to be this year. I know they've been a playoff team or French team the last few years. Um, if Monmouth lost that, their monster running back. Uh, they did make the playoffs last year, though, right? Didn't right, they? Win yeah, the I, yeah, they beat Kennesaw last year. So I think Monmouth. I, I'm, I'm going to pick. I'll, I'll, this is a change up. I'll pick Monmouth. Nice New Jersey opponent there. Um, Go to the CAA, it's James Madison. I mean, like, that's just easy. Uh, MEAC, uh, North Carolina A&T has been in that celebration bowl pretty much, I feel like, since its inception, except for one year. Um, so I'll go with A&T. Missouri Valley, it's North Dakota State until someone says otherwise. I guess the interesting thing is going to be um, who that next quarterback is. I know they've had a lot of time to prepare for that with Trey Lance opting out, obviously, because he's going to go probably first round of the NFL draft in April. Um, so I guess the North Dakota State just seems to reload. NEC, uh, go to Duquesne, the Dukes, right there in the middle of Pittsburgh, being a Steeler fan. Also, Kareem Cole's former Vandal used to play receiver, transferred play receiver at Duquesne. So I think he's finally done. Um, Ohio Valley, um, I, I, I don't know how they're going to beat, but I'm going to say Austin P. Uh, I think what might be an interesting story with Austin P is their new head coach. Um, for those of you who don't know, Southern Miss played the season. Their head coach coached one game, got fired. The guy who replaced him was like a 35-year-old coordinator, like maybe even 30. He was super young. Halfway through the year, he gets hired on as the permanent head coach at Austin P, and then someone else finished up coaching the year at a Southern Miss. So uh, I, I think that's quite a, quite a little interesting storyline there. Um, Patriot league. I don't know how they're going to be, but I'm just going to say the Lehigh Lehigh, because I, I'm friends with uh, one of their, someone who runs their fu- foundation fundraising at Lehigh is a classmate of mine from UW um, pioneer at San Diego. And if they play um, SoCon, well, Man, SoCon's tough. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go Furman just to be a little different here. And then South Southland, um, San Houston State, Swan Song. And I'll pick a champion for the SWAC. It's going to be primetime, Neon Dion, Dion Sanders, Jackson State is going to win the SWAC just because <laughs> – why? Why not? Right? Like, let's the just the poor swack, man. They're about to get boat raced for a couple of years. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 uh, I guess teams to, to look out for. I guess since I mentioned Monmouth is going to win the 
Big South. I'll say Kennesaw State might make it. It might be a French uh, playoff team. So will Villanova out of the CAA. Uh, depending on what can happen in North Carolina, Central could make some noise. Missouri Valley, South Dakota State. Um, Northern Iowa could be another team. Watch out for the fighting Bobby Petrinos in uh, in Missouri. Um, yeah. I, maybe, maybe, maybe that's a name who goes to Montana State. Comes back to Montana. Oh, Bobby we Petrino. Have- we had that dropped in the comments yeah, earlier by Jamie let's, Robinson. Let's get the let's get the Petrino Bowl going on in, in the big sky, right? That's, hey, Montana, that's what this conference needs is two Petrinos. Hey, and Paul always said he didn't really care about either because they're Carroll guys, but he did always pull for the Bobcats and Cat Gray. I think, I, yeah, I think uh, he probably probably grew up in Helena. Probably didn't like uh, too many guys in Missoula, if I if I had to guess. So yeah, capital. Bobby Howe concluded. Yeah. Um, Brian, who are your kind of your picks and playoff teams out of all the conferences? Remember, you get five at-large bids. I'm going to speed through this real quick. First yeah. off, if we get Bobby Bobby Petrino, it's actually three Petrinos because Mike Petrino is the head coach of University of Montana women's basketball. Doesn't have mm-hmm. to do with our discussion, but hey, it's, fam- it's a Montana family, so maybe. More Petrinos the merrier, yeah. Exactly. So my controversial take, I'm at like some of the smaller conferences, I, like I'm truly like I, I don't really care about smaller conferences. I think the interesting things with a smaller field, what's going to happen with the at-larges last year, the big sky, even with a 24 team field, which is eight smaller than it is now last year, if you would have had a 16 team field now, of course there's at-large stuff to keep in your head here, but every big sky team that made it was seated. So the top 16 teams included all four big sky playoff teams. So I am curious how, which, which Missouri Valley teams and big sky teams and like, hey, maybe uh, CAA as well. But to speed through the three conferences, I think you got to pay attention to. Weber State, no question, you'd have to say is the favorite for the big sky. Not only do they have returning talent, coaching continuity, they got the easiest schedule of the best teams in the big sky. So it, it would be hard for things to not be greased in their direction. And they don't need things greased in their direction. They've won the league or shared the league title the last three years. So big, the big sky, Weber State, there's no discussion about the Missouri Valley. It's going to be North Dakota State, but the you know maybe the interesting question is, uh, what about South Dakota State? Are they still going to be the uh, bridesmaid, or is Northern Illinois going to make a jump? Well, Illinois Illinois State's not going to recover from losing James Robinson in the NFL, but still, there there's some good teams that are going to be competing for at large bids out of the Missouri Valley. Teams that you should expect to win playoff games if they make it, and then CAA again. I'm going to be boring. Go with James Madison, but hey, maybe Villanova for sure is a candidate to look at at large. And again, another candidate to, if they make it, there's a chance they're going to win games. But with the smaller conferences, man, especially in this abbreviated season, I, I I don't know. I I, I just don't. I I think the discussion for the FCS really is the big three conferences, just like if this were FBS, the discussion is the power five power four Pac 12 doesn't count. <laughs> um, it's so true, but it's sad. And the Pac 12 was played in the college football playoff championship. Unlike the big 12. So there you go. That's true. Go That's all I have to uh, say. Uh, so big sky, I'll run through mine pretty quick. I'll give a Brian like take. Big Sky, you're go- if you get two 6-0 and o teams, you will be getting two bids. If you get a 6-0 and o team and a 5-1 and one team, it's really going to depend on how everything shakes out, and it's going to depend on who that, that second team is. If it's Eastern, they might get in off name recognition and being in the championship two years later. Um, 
I mean, let's just say it's one of the outside chances in Idaho, UC Davis, or something like that. It would have to be that they are going to be able to generate revenue because there's going to be money loss all over the league. But you're just—it's not going to help if you have a five and one team. That's why they obviously set it up to have two six and zero teams. Uh, Big South, I think you're looking at probably well Kennesaw. Actually, that's easy. CAA. Oh man, I mean it's JMU, but I'm going to be sneaky here. I think Albany gets an a a um, at large bid. I think you've got yep. I think you've got and then Villa Villanova and New Hampshire both have shots. Villanova probably more so, but don't sleep on New Hampshire. It's going to be a weird year, so they've got a potential to go. I actually think Albany is getting very overlooked. Hashtag surging. Um, Looking at the MEAC, I mean, NCANT, that one's easy. Missouri Valley, they also probably have a chance like the CAA to guarantee they'll probably get two. The Missouri Valley, now that Indiana State has opted out, is probably the deepest conference in the FCS going into the spring season with uh, obviously the big sky losing Montana, Montana State, uh, and even Sac State for that matter. So, I mean, we've all talked about it. North Dakota State last year, I overthought it. New coach, new quarterback. They obviously, I think I started them at five or six in my preseason poll. By week three, I had uh, obviously fixed that, and they never left that spot the entire season. But, I mean, you can't sleep on South Dakota State. You can't sleep on perennial top five preseason Northern Iowa, who never finishes in the season in the top five. But you cannot sleep on those Panthers. Um, And then, Alex, I'm with you. There are two teams that you also don't want to sleep on. You want to sleep on Missouri State and the fighting Bobby Petrino's. He does weird stuff. That's what he does, and then he leaves dumpster fires. Uh, and that was, seems very Missouri to have happen. Be good for like two years, and then awful for the rest of eternity. And program full. Very, very Bobby Petrino. Very That's Bobby Petrino. Uh, and then Youngstown, they were in the championship just what four years ago. Like don't don't sleep on them. They got rid of Bo Pelini, which a lot of people think was the problem. So maybe the new coach is the guy and you can take talent that's there. Ohio, very rich recruiting state. Ohio Valley, uh, I feel like it's going to be JSU. They really showed it this season. Austin P did not. It looked like a team who could have maybe challenged them for that. Um, and then you also have SEMO, but I don't think you're getting two bids out of the OVC this year. So it's basically Jacksonville State's to lose. Um, Patriot League, I'm going with Bucknell because why not? Pioneer League, I'm going San Diego. If they don't win, I'm going Stetson. Why not? SoCon, uh, Paladins, FU all day. If not, don't sleep on Chattanooga. Southland, um, you know, I think we nailed it. The obvious Sam Houston seems poised. They're no longer Sam Houston State to make that jump. Um, And reassert their dominance. However, Nichols and Southeast Louisiana don't sleep on after the tragedy they went through, those communities really rallying and them having one of those seasons where it just means a little bit more that they they have football to distract them from what happened with the Hurricanes. Well, McNeese um, would be a big one on that one. McNeese. Yeah. Uh, they got so, it pretty hard. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I would say, you know, it, like kind of like the Saints that year they went to, you know, after reopening the Superdome and everything. Like some weird stuff happens when natural tragedies happen or local tragedies. So, I mean, don't sleep on them playing for more than just a spring season, you know, um, really embracing their community. But, I mean, obviously – you just that one's probably Sam Houston seems poised to take that spot. Now we ran through everybody. Let's go. Should we go quarterfinals or semis? Semis. Let's just go our semis picks. Who are the actual four teams that can contend this year for a chance at Frisco? Kyler Neal. Man, 
it's going to be tough. It's it's really going to depend on where the bracket lies out. Um, that that is kind of one of the one of the things. Like, I feel very confident as a Big Sky guy to go against a CAA team. My team's done very well. Um, we seem to have a stylistic advantage, at least when Eastern's playing a CAA team. They don't have really a running. They don't face very many running dual threat quarterbacks like a lot of the West Coast teams do. But, I mean, it's hard to say who's going to be a semifinal team. If you want me to just go out and say, here's here's who's probably going to be it, don't count out North Dakota State. Zeb Nolan, that's going to be the next guy up. Um, he's a transfer from, I think it was Iowa or another you know big-time program. He looked good. He was supposed to be the starter. But Trey Lance, you know, the, the prodigy, he ended up you know taking that starter role. But Zeb, he's an experienced guy. He's got a big arm, not as fast as Trey Lance, but he's going to be able to sit in that pocket and sling the ball wherever he likes because they do have the best offensive line in the FCS. So North Dakota State. Um, South Dakota State, they were butchered with injuries last year. Jabor Gibb, he is their quarterback. He's a stud. Uh, they return, I think, Pierre Strong, running back. He's been dominant throughout his whole time at South Dakota State. I mean, if I'm looking at two teams who I think are the most poised to probably go to the national championship next year, you know, probably those two teams. JMU, they lost a lot of talent. I don't know if I want to put them in the semifinal category, but they are that team where they reload. It would not surprise me if they're in the semifinals. Weber State probably lost some of the least amount of hardcore playmakers. Losing Jake probably didn't hurt their roster at all. Um, it might have made it better. It might have made Weber State more dynamic. Picture them maybe going to the semifinals if the bracket proves right. Uh, but there's like eight teams that I think could have a chance at the semifinals. It all just depends on where the bracket lines up. Alex Oh, yeah. No, so go ahead. Comment, Brian. Oh, so, Brian. Now, my, my four would be pretty similar to what Kyle was going to say. The, the thing that to me is going to be really interesting is because the, the conferences that are going to be pinched by the diminished at large bids, it's not the smaller conferences that always send one team. It's going to be the power teams that don't get in, even though you have a very good season. And we've seen how Big Sky teams, MVC teams, CAA teams, they win playoff games. It's like, you know, for the big sky, three of our teams won playoff games in their first round. Everyone had a first round bye, and the big sky team that lost, it's because they played another big sky team. So there's no choice. So to me, interesting thing is which of the, which teams aren't going to make the playoffs that could have made noise, but otherwise no, no question, North Dakota state, no question, South Dakota state to me, no question Weber because they return a ton and they should be better at quarterback in spite of our favorite Jake Constantine going on to green, greener pastures at Towson, no WSU, no Rice. Rice. Sorry. Sorry. He uh, went around the tour a little bit. Our favorite former big sky quarterback. Weber's going to be, Weber should be better on the offensive end there. There's just no way with a transfer they got from middle Tennessee. There's no way that they're going to be worse. And to me, that fourth team I'm going to bracket is question. Is it going to be a CAA team like James Madison? Or if the big, if Eastern Washington gets it together, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run, but I'd expect we're going to have one surprise team make the final four, particularly a weird season like that. So right now I'll say Eastern. Yeah. Alex? Uh, um, didn't sound like a broken record here, but uh, <laughs> the Bison, the Jackrabbits, the Wildcats, and probably the Dukes. Like, I mean, I mean it's hard to see. Um, it, it, like Brian said, you know, it's going to be – could it be Eastern? Yeah, could it be maybe that second, maybe CAA team? Could it be like a Villanova, perhaps? 
Could it be like a Northern Iowa? I'm not quite sure on their strength or what they returned, but I know that's always a solid program. But don't don't think too hard about it. It's going to be you know probably one of six teams. You know I don't know, but I guess my question I could have to you guys before Chris goes: Does any does any conference get more than two two bids? Does it, does the Big Sky get three? Does Missouri Valley get three? Does the CAA get three? Or does everyone just does no conference get more than two bids? Because that is going to make it difficult. If the Missouri Valley and sorry, I don't have their schedule memorized. If South Dakota State does sneak up because they do play in the rivalry game pretty good and usually actually beat the Bison, but then the Bison and them get matched up in the playoffs and they smoke them in the playoffs. It's like ridiculous. I've heard it actually on the FCS Fans Nation um, podcast from Matthew Frazee that usually it's like a four-point game when they play in the regular season, and then the Bison average like a 21-point victory in the playoffs against the Jackrabbits. So. But they still normally beat the Jackrabbits even in the regular. I think the Jackrabbits okay. have won like two of the last eight in the regular season. Okay, but it is but something to think about. But, you know, say so they do win – Northern and then you know North Dakota State beats Northern Iowa and Northern Iowa beats South Dakota State and you have that weird kind of seven and one thing going. Maybe the Missouri Valley, like I said, with the losses in the Big Sky, with Towson not really playing in the CAA, they're the obvious. They've lost all their weak teams, mm-hmm. where the other conferences have lost some middle of the pack and better teams. So they're the best top to bottom this year, maybe. But for that, I feel like the Big Sky would have to have two teams of four and two, and the CAA probably something similar yes. where they have two teams with two losses. I, I guess does a does a uh, six like does a third six and two um, Missouri Valley team get in over maybe a third five and one Big Sky team? Like let's say we're we're getting into the weeds, but that's I think the where it's we're going to be talking about who gets those final spots is there's like a six and two Missouri Valley does like Northern Iowa finish six and two. And maybe Eastern Idaho both finish five and one. Who do you keep out out of those three? That's kind of I think that's where we're going to be talking towards in the year. And real quick, Friday, February twentieth. So what are we talking? Less than like three and a half weeks away. South Dakota State at Northern Iowa Friday, February nineteenth. So that might be a game that decides literally who goes to playoffs right out of the gates on Friday night. In uh, yeah in northern Iowa. So, yeah, I think – but sorry to take up your time, Chris, but that's just kind of where my head was going on who might get in this year. No, you're fine. Um, oh, Kyler, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, there's five at largest. If I had a guess, Missouri Valley is getting two of the five. CAA, Big Sky each gets one. And then there's going to be one at large from some other conference that maybe maybe Jacksonville State doesn't win the OVC. Maybe they go seven and one in the OVC, but they had three out of conference games. Maybe SEMO or Austin P wins the OVC. Jacksonville State gets that last bid. Then we're going to have something weird, but I think the Missouri Valley gets three total teams. Two yeah. of them are the at largest. Okay. Okay. So kind of what I said, but you're way more confident than I am. Um, so yeah, semifinal teams. Yeah, I could overthink this again this year and go, James Madison lost uh, a Stapleton and Ben DiNucci. And, but they'll probably be there again. I could go North Dakota State. It's a new coach, Nud, coming in from Virginia Tech or Maryland. I don't remember one of those schools. I think he's out of D.C. but went to VTech. So they're probably going to be good again. Um, I know he might not play. They're wavering it. But either way, they'll probably be fine at quarterback. Um so kind of what Kyler said at the very beginning, until North Dakota State doesn't do it, 
you, you just have to pencil them in. JMU has earned that respect as well recently. So now that you got those two spots, and I'm going to give you four teams that I think are playing for it. You have your Weber State. You have your South Dakota State. You have your Eastern Washington. And nobody called me out on this when I was projecting my conference winners. I was saving the best for last. Out of the Northeastern Conference. Sorry, just Northeast Conference. It is going to be the Central Connecticut State Blue Devils who make a run. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I, I would say Jacksonville State um, has a shot at maybe being that fourth yeah. team. I just almost left this podcast. I almost shut the laptop. <laughs> I'm done. I'm never coming back on. I am a champion for the NEC, damn it. <laughs> The important thing to take away from this, guys, and every listener, is we just went all, through all these teams, and all of us, we're, like, we're clearly adequate, moral people because no one picked a triple option team to do well. So we get to pat ourselves on the back, guys. We also, great news this season, Cal Poly's out of the triple option cult. One fewer team that runs a triple option. World's be- I don't care about what happened in 2020. The world's a better place 2021. Triple option offense i love it we only got three more citadel wofford and kennesaw that's pretty much it you know what georgia tech doesn't even do it in the, and then the, so the uh academies in the fbs basically that's it georgia, georgia southern does a variant of it yeah, that's right dude it's they're a, running that fire one dude that one is sweet i've it, i've it's like a modern it's like the modern triple option yeah, like the and red triple bit, option where they also but, yeah. throw but it's yeah, some sort of variant of it. I like. We, it. Dig- we digress, but it is FCS related because Georgia Southern, former member of the SoCon, so counts. Um, all right, championship game, guys. Who's in it? Who's winning? We'll save Kyler for last on this one, and we'll go in reverse. I'm not going to pick North Dakota State JMU because that is boring. I don't care if that is what it is. I am not in the podcasting game to be paid nothing to nothing to pick. Scratch. We're going Eastern versus James Madison in the championship game. See, you are stepping. Mm. Um, We'll go go North Dakota State versus Weber. I'm going to give it to Weber this year. Let's go. Oh, I, I feel bad. I should have picked Weaver. See, and both yeah. of you guys stepped on – you stepped on a big uh, point that we'll go deeper in when we do our Big Sky preview. I – I think the jury still not. I think this is kind of a weirdly a big year for Aaron Best uh, compared to other big sky big sky coaches. He has of active big sky coaches. Aaron Best has the, and I'm not counting Bo Baldwin yet because he is not yet active from having coached an actual game. But of the returning coaches, Aaron Best has the best single season finish. But he also has made the playoffs once while only starting Walter Payton Award caliber quarterbacks, which is let's just say uh, different. <laughs> The Weber State, I'm really – I'm high on them making advancing the playoffs. I'm high on them having a better quarterback than we'll name him three times, Jake Constantine. But I think the jury's not yet in on whether Jay Hill has has the ability to like actually capitalize on having quarterback talent in the way that – like we know Aaron Best teams can, at least you know put up points, put up yards. I'm curious what a Jay Hill team with a, comp, with a competent quarterback actually looks like. And because of that, I'm going to say it's a Dakota Bowl, North Dakota State, South Dakota State. Ooh, yeah. Dakota marker and Frisco. Is it just a Frisco marker then? <laughs> so, 
I will say one thing. Weber has done an extremely good job. But if you look at the past, you know, 15 title games or whoever's won a championship, every single one of them has either had one of the following, either a top 15 offense with the top 30 defense or a top 30 D or offense with a top 15 defense. Weber state does not have an offense, even without Constantine, they still are a bottom third offense in the FCS. So I I'm with Brian. I don't have faith in Weber state being able to make it to the title game until they actually change that whole offensive scheme. Just like I'm not sold Kennesaw state, even as good as they are, they're not going to make it past quarters because it's a triple option. You need to be a very balanced team. The only time Eastern Washington's made it past the semis is because we were balanced on defense, balance on offense. Those two years have other than that, we haven't been balanced on defense. We've been an extremely good offensive team. We have not carried the ball on the defensive side of the ball, and it has carried through the playoffs. We can't get over that semifinal hump unless we are a top-tier defense. That is the difference. So I'm actually with Brian. If I had to pick two teams today, it's probably going to be closer to the Dakota Bowl. But screw North Dakota State because that's boring. I'll go the Dukes versus South Dakota State. There we go. We got two screw North Dakota States. And the last time Kyler and I were on a podcast together, it was labeled the Dynasty is Done. So – Maybe, maybe, dude, we should, we're never going to be invited to Fargo, North Dakota. No, uh, I mean, every time we say that, though, they win because, you know, true. we can say whatever they want and they always win. So we're always invited. Yeah, it's true. It's like whenever I pick gambling advice on college basketball, take the opposite of what I say. You know, <laughs> you're, you'll bet 100%. Watch um, bet on Chris. It's much easier. We kind of touched on it with uh, Aaron Best having three Walter Payton's. Uh, eligible finalist quarterbacks and only making the playoffs once. Who are the Walter Walter Payton shortlist headed into the season for you guys, Kyler? Man, it's this is going to be really tough because not everyone is playing an equal amount of games. So sure, you can put Eric Berrier up there because you know he finished fifth in returning quarterbacks. He is the highest graded quarterback for returning. But again, big size only playing six games. That could be really tough. So I'm going to kind of throw out some other names. Um, Zeb Nolan, North Dakota State. He's going to have a cannon of an arm. He's going to have his offensive weapons, his line. Um, then I'm also going to say Jabor Gibb from South Dakota State. He's a beast, too. He was just injured most of the last year. I think he's going to improve. Then I do have to give it to Albany, Jeff Undercuffler. Um, he's he's a talented little kid. I mean, he's not little. He's huge. He does not run. He's probably he's the like world. six you know? four. <laughs> yeah, he's like six five, four hundred and eighty five pounds. Um, he he cannot escape the pocket if he wants, but he can sling it. Um, but I I think if if you're having you know your four best options, those are probably the four with Eric Berrier included because there hasn't been a non quarterback in the last fifteen years besides Cooper Cup to win the Walter Payton. It's a quarterback's world. Those are the four best quarterbacks that I think have the best opportunity to win. But there's a couple other teams that are playing more games in Eastern Washington, so I don't think Eric Berry is the favorite till the fall. Uh, Mr. Marceau? Because Kyler jumped on all the quarterbacks, I'm going to throw a couple running backs at you. We got Pierre Strong Jr. from South Dakota State. Last year, he averaged 7.1 yards per carry. Uh to me, that's – I mean, look, we're probably going to look at a quarterback, but if we're going to have a surprise guy, I'd say it's a guy running back like Pierre Strong Jr. Or stay local, big sky. Maybe just having look, – look, he hasn't needed a competent quarterback to be good anyway, but maybe having a competent quarterback at Weber State opens up more holes for Josh Davis. He was a Jerry Rice Award winner a couple of years ago. 
had it had some injury issues last year, but still was incredibly productive with uh, 11 touchdowns last season plus 1,100 yards rushing. So those two are my guys. But of course, you're Kyle was right. It's going to be one of the quarterbacks. Bowman, yeah, ditto. I'm going to add to this. These guys covered it all, and not not my not strongest area. So whatever Kyler said and Brian said, yeah, we'll go with that. Oh, you guys. I mean, in the year that the Heisman went to a wide receiver, you guys are saying it's impossible for somebody like Tyshawn James from Central Connecticut State. Uh, no, I'm going probably Jeff Undercuffler, Undercuffler, Zarek Cooper out of Jacksonville State. And then I'll throw in, you got to have Eric Berrier on that list just because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a finalist. But – it goes to show that the last two or three finalists from the Big Sky every year that have made it are quarterbacks that started for the first time that season, one being Eric Berrier two years ago, and then obviously um, Kevin Thompson last year, and then even Jake Mayermeyer, he was on his first, but they kind of come out of nowhere. Don't sleep on them. You got to look them up if you haven't heard about them, but Michael Beaudry is somebody to keep an eye on, or the Weber State guy. Um, all right, Kyler. And everybody, I guess, will do this. If you had to pick three teams to watch that aren't your team this year, and then we'll close we'll, we'll close this podcast down, who are your three teams that people just need to pay attention to because it's at least good football to watch, they could make a run, they have a really good player, or they just flat out lay the Don Wood. And they're fun to watch. I'm a defensive guy. I mean – I have to say, and this is a little the bias in me, and I know you probably don't want me to pick a big, big sky team, but Cal Poly, man, I'm excited to see what Bo Baldwin does to that whole team. They, I mean, the press conference when he got hired, he he basically said, "I'm not here to just win games. I'm here to win championships." He got the whole you know administration fired up. The administration is investing money in all of their facilities. They're expanding their stadium to over twenty thousand seats. They are involved. I am excited to see what Bo Baldwin can do back to Cal Poly. Um, of course, Deion Sanders team, Jackson State. That's you now most of his recruits, like his son, he's not going to be playing till the fall, right? But they have some transfers in there, and I don't know all the rules with the transfers, but just to see primetime, I, I mean, come on, guys. That's going to be a big hype story all year. We've got to see primetime. And then a team that you don't need to watch is North Dakota State because they are boring. They're always good. They're always winning. So you know what? We are going to say let's go watch. Man, I don't know. I'm going to actually watch a little bit of Sam Houston, maybe because I'm local in Houston. Uh, But I just want to see what they can do with an actual good quarterback because they had the defense last year. Their defense was, you know, in fantasy of FCS fantasy teams, their defense was ranked number one for like 10 of the 11 weeks. They were shutting teams out, and they only used to be like an Eastern offensive powerhouse, no defense. They fixed it, and then they became a defensive powerhouse, no offense. Let's see if they can merge them together. Let's see what they can do. Mr. Marceau? I'm going to annoy a couple of our live stream watchers. Jacksonville State. Main question, main thing that's just wild to watch sometimes is a Clemson transfer <laughs> starting. And, yeah, I, I know that's a problem, but whatever. Jacksonville State, they're worth watching for a quarter or something like that while you're waiting for Idaho to come on. I would have said if we were, if it was Big Sky discussion, Kyler, I'm all in with you on Cal Poly. But to make it a little bit different, I'm going to say Albany out of CAA. And we saw Albany make kind of a surprise run in the playoffs. I mean, they won a game in the playoffs. That was a pretty big deal for them. Jeff Undercuffler threw 41 touchdown passes as a freshman last year. In a shortened season, hot take, he's not going to throw 41. But still, uh, 
I accept, I expect, you know, we'll probably see some progress out of a guy like that. And that just means you're going to have some fun. And I've talked about him a few times. People really need to appreciate how good South Dakota state is. So throw in South Dakota state, I, North Dakota state, they soak up a lot of the FCS oxygen. But if we lived in a world where you could, where North Dakota state wasn't dominating the way they are, the MVC team, we would always be talking about. It's like, man, these guys are a threat. It's South Dakota state. Mm-hmm. Alex, the best of all time boatman. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of go with. I'm gonna do like three groupings of two pairs. So it's gonna be six total teams. But I'm gonna go Dixie State and Tarleton State together. I really want to see how they do, especially with what the WAC is gonna be looking like because those are teams. I know Dixie State's on Idaho's future schedule. Um, You know, I know we'll all be seeing those teams at some point, probably in non-conference play. Also, just FCS independence. Um, I'm gonna say Northern Iowa. And Missouri State, Northern Iowa, because I think Big Sky fans, specifically Eastern and Idaho fans, or or teams who might be looking for that another at large bid um, to the tournament, need to be kind of paying attention to like that third level, that third Missouri Valley team to see how they're doing, because that's a comparison I think if we want to make the playoffs. Then also just pay attention to Bob Petrino because it's always an electric factory wherever Petrino goes. We all know that. And then Chris, or no, Brian Solmine, I'm going to say Albany, um, just a lot of and a lot of hype up there with them right now. And then also uh, Villanova, because, again, I think big Sky fans need to be paying attention to what that, that second and third CAA team are doing. So four pairings, some newcomers, Missouri Valley CAA, Missouri Valley CAA kind of second, third-level teams. Uh, well, uh, I was going to say you, Albany, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to waste time with that. Uh, and I was going to say JSU, but no reason to waste time with that. But, yeah, you have a transfer. Clemson transfer quarterback that really needs to prove it this year. You have a team that like always flirts with greatness, um, mm-hmm. fails. So either they'll finally succeed or they'll fail again. Either way, sometimes it's fun to watch the the train crash. I already covered it. McNeese. I think there's going to be something special there this year with everything that went on during the off season. Uh, Delaware, the president is an FCS guy. You gotta at least tune in. <laughs> where Joseph Biden cut his teeth as a young son of a gun in this country. Um, Joe, Joe Flacco. All right. Yeah. Delaware's got some history, baby. And they're usually yeah. pretty good, but haven't been for a little bit. And then God dang it, Dixie state. But um, that's just me. I've, if you want some weird coaches, if you're a Jeff Choate guy, you're missing Jeff Choate. Dan Hawkins, UC Davis. Don't sleep on him. He's a weird dude. He talks about watermelons. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I guess that's more watch the YouTube clips of his post game. But I will, I'll hit you with, if it's not you all, but it's not JSU, hit McNeese, Dave, or Delaware, Dixie, and UC Davis. Time to get iced, Kyler Neal. Thank you for joining us and answering all of our questions that we also made ourselves answer this time, which is always super fun. Um, but you get to get iced. I know you're not a newbie, so I don't have to explain the rules to you. But for some of our newbies, uh, you could ask us any question you want. It could be life-related, sports-related. It can be if Alex's haircut looks good. We don't care. You let us have it. This is going to go to basically Brian Marceau and maybe all of the other people who listen to his weekly basketball episodes. Why the hell does Idaho get an awesome arena and Eastern Washington has to play in the (laughs) high school arena we have? I think Idaho needs to donate that awesome arena to a real team who is not the worst in all of D1 basketball. Brian, your thoughts. My thoughts is if I'm a proud Eastern alum, and I'm, of course, not. I, I hear proud Eastern alums exist because both my parents got master's degrees from Eastern, but they, they identified as Grizz alum as, as well, so side note. But if proud Eastern alums do exist, Kyler, 
then I would say, yeah, but I don't want to be a charity case where a team that a school that isn't doing like that great financially feel so sad for us that they're going to donate. You want the charity, man. <laughs> the, yeah. the charity. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's now first off Eastern's, I don't think Eastern's facility is that bad. I mean, it's certainly not top like four in the conference. It just, but, it just looks like my high school, just a bigger version. Okay. Well, here's the thing. You're not Sac State playing in front, in front of 19 people. You're not Northern Arizona playing in a dome in front of 19 people. Yeah, you're you're probably you're not Weber State, and you guys do need new facilities. Although, I'd like the honestly, what I do if I could for you guys is first, I'd make sure Idaho has an excess of alums donating, so that we the athletics department's fully funded, all the projects we want are fully funded, and then I would launch the adopt an eagle vandal donor program, <laughs> so that you guys can raise some funds independently because. I mean, you did get that one $5 million donation to the new facility, and I really want you guys to get it. But if Eastern's best shot at building a new facility is for multimillionaires to die, I don't know when you guys are going to get your next place. And I mean, second question, if that is the way Eastern's going to get money, Kyler, just so you know, people already have their eye on you. You you got one millionaire to, to go down and got his money. I don't know if you're going to be able to take four more without people noticing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna see. And see, but my 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 answer me. on the, my answer on this is simple, man. One, you're free to rent it anytime you'd like. I wrote an article. The dome is also available this year if you guys would like some fans in your stands. Um, drive down seventy seven miles anytime you'd like. You'll recoup that real quick. Uh, second thing, I mean, it's all about hiring good people, and that's what C. Scott Green and Terry Gallick do. The man behind the arena plan, Matt Martin, is an Eastern Washington grad and former football player. Yep. So it's not our fault that we recognized your talent and you didn't, and we scooped him up, and he's running our program, man. Do you, you're lost. Sorry, I man. love it. <laughs> um, Kyler, you can't step away after Chris says it's all about hiring good people without taking the follow-up shot at our basketball team. So the floor is yours. <laughs> you can't just I mean, walk I'm gonna be honest. Bus, I don't need to take a shot to be Idaho basketball. I, I mean, I mean, you've seen the scores. Yeah, and you call this worse in the in D one? We're seventh worst, right? <laughs> right, that right. That right. We're not the worst. We're fifth. Net rankings. <laughs> net rankings do us better than that. Okay. The poor Weber State guys had me on this week and will probably never have me on again. My like entire yeah. basketball knowledge was like, well, well we're pretty bad. Oh, can you name us any good players? Scott Blakeney, I think. I uh, do listen to the uh, Tubs of the Club, which is the uh, only weekly show for the worst basketball team in the country, as Kyler just put it. Or it's at least the worst basketball team in the country with a weekly show. That's how it's phrased. It's a good um, show, too. I yeah, real fun. quick, just, just because, uh, you know, why not? It's a new segment. I'm just throwing it out there. Producer Dallas has been awkwardly quiet this whole time because he's been busy running the show from the shadows. We're going to have Hammer's takes. Hammer, what did we say that you loved? What did we say that you hate? And then let's close this bar. Uh, I have to double down on Cal Poly. I think uh, that was the best hire a Big Sky team has made in years. Uh, I am a huge believer in Bo Baldwin, and I think if anybody's going to turn that program into a winner, he's the guy. Um, I think that team is going to be fun as hell to watch, uh, and I am – so sad that they're I've I have held on to a dream for about four years that Bo Baldwin would someday come back to 
the Pacific Northwest and coached the Idaho Vandals. And I have to accept that that dream is dead. And that is sad. Uh, that's really my big takeaway was Cal Poly is going to be a lot of fun. It was close yeah. when Petrino got hired. It was, I think, between Baldwin and Petrino, and we went Petrino. Man, I, I have I have insider sources on that. Uh, it wasn't that close. Okay, okay. great. Before before we get into, I mean, we already are going to have Constantine's mom by blowing us up. Direct all of those at Bear Tycoon on Twitter, please. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> producer Jerry. Also, um, before the Montana State people start keyboard warding us for you saying that Jeff Choate isn't the best hire in the Big Sky in a while, or Bobby Houck from the Grizz fans. Let's close the bar. Kyler Neal, tell the people how to find you if this is their first time listening to you, which would absolutely shock me, but you never know. We've uh, gathered some Bronco fans recently that just discovered the internet. Wow. Good job, Boise. You're, you're, you're there. I'm proud of you guys. Um, you guys can find me right there. I don't know. Does it say Kyler EPH or something? It does, but we, we do have just listeners. All right. Well, then that's right. So you can find me on Twitter, Kyler EPH. That's for Eagles Power Hour. You can also find me on the Eagles Power Hour. You can find me on FCS Fans Nation on all the platforms. You know, I talk smack to me. I, I love it. I'll talk it back. Um, a lot of times you'll probably win, but I don't care. It's fun. Brian Marceau, you can find him at Brian, M-A-R-C-A-U. You can find Boatman at Boatman Alex. You can find Hammer Dallas at or Dallas Hammer at Hammer Dallas and me at Chris underscore P underscore Hammer. You can find this podcast at Tubbs at the club and make sure you follow Kyler Neal and the Eagles Power Hour and all the other amazing Big Sky affiliates on the Big Sky Podcast Network. Uh, next week, we have a recruiting special for you guys. That's what we'll be doing. We'll break it down. We're going to try to throw some film up. So that's going to be a very YouTube episode for all you as you alluded to when Kyler was talking. You Audacity and Spotify and Apple iTunes, all those people uh, might be one to tune in. That's youtube.com backslash tubs. Please Club. subscribe to the YouTube if you are if you're on watching. Watch, subscribe to the YouTube. Just yeah. Um, I'm not going to mention that uh, we have four people that are regularly on this podcast and two of them just subscribed in the last two weeks. So if they're not subscribed, make sure you're subscribed, please. Um, but anyways, uh, that's all we got. Um, we Oh, no, we have big news. Basketball this week, we're doing a collab with the Weber State Weekly. Brian or Dallas, one of them will be on Weber State Weekly on Thursday for their post-game reaction show. You can find that at Weber, we- Weber State Weekly's Facebook page, and one of them or all of them will be joining us. Uh, on Saturday after the game. So make sure you check out Brian's and Dallas's weekly closing of basketball. Make sure, oh my God, Brandon Owens is the man. Shout out, he just hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. You get a round of applause live on cue. Um, and also we have Martin doing the women's basketball team. With that, Brandon Owens, of all people, is a band guy. And with Brandon Owens' sub, it is time for the best band in all the land, the Sound of Idaho, to play us out. Go Vandals.